To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. Hello, hello. Welcome to the show. The affiliate links for all the trading apps and all the other stuff is in the description down below. Welcome to this week's podcast. If you have any questions, concerns, or comments, go ahead and hit me up on my website, positivesarcasm.com. You can email me directly, positivesarcasm at outlook.com. The uh, affiliate links are as follows. There's the Weeble app, the eToro app, and the Moomoo app. They are all... They're all useful as far as if you are looking to build financial stability, financial wellness. And every one of those uh, links will give you free stock or free cash or a high interest APR. So there's free money to be had with no real contracts. So go ahead and check all that stuff out. There's also uh, links to, um, you know, if you need therapy over the phone, there's there's better help. I'm not, I'm not uh, uh, sponsored by them. But I put them in the link down below. Um, it'll help you discover a little bit more about yourself that you didn't realize, so you can aim towards self-improvement. There's also links to Mel Robbins' uh, motivation podcast, uh, information podcast, education podcast on overall wellness, and of course, Dr. Jordan B. Peterson's um, uh, link is also available there on YouTube. So go ahead and check out all that stuff. And then, of course, in case of emergency, break glass. There is a Lifeline web uh, link also there as well so if you have any questions you can hit me up on instagram at positive underscore sarcasm uh there is you can hit me up through facebook but most importantly you can download stream and contact me directly through my website positive sarcasm.com before we uh i'm going to dabble in there's so there was some comments uh, a couple comments left from last week's podcast regarding some of the q a but i just wanted to catch up briefly on some of the things that i've been doing with my own health wellness uh, financial wellness and everything like that since I've started this new uh, realm of things. Number one, I've been on, I've been in counseling uh, essentially every single day just to keep the mouth moving, keep the brain moving, keep the uh, um, focus on making sure I'm building a better person. And I have essentially, even though it's untested, or at least I think it is, um, my main goal was to get rid of all of my anger. Basically, ditch all of all, anything that led me to be, uh, you know, lashing out or that. That's gone. That's like essentially gone through effort by, uh, you know, working out or effort by talking with my counselor um, or other things that were uh, bothering me. I have. That's all gone. There's no reason to be angry. None. Like you start by being angry with others and then you start by being angry with yourself or the vice versa. But either way, that anger towards others and towards yourself eventually has to fade. It eventually has to stop. And once you take responsibility for your imperfections, um, once you figure out what those are, and if you're not able to figure out what those imperfections are, that's when you need to see somebody. That's when you need to talk to somebody. And they'll light that that light bulb will go off when they say certain things. So that has made a huge difference in my overall mental wellness. Uh, second thing is um, obviously since I started taking edibles, my sleep has increased. It's not it's not great. I'm gonna be honest. It's definitely not what it used to be, but it is at least there. There is. 
some sleep there that keeps me moving, that gives me the energy to run three miles every Monday, uh, do boxing class four days a week, two of them with a private trainer who's really taking care of me. She's awesome. Um, and then just overall back working out and getting ready for 5Ks, awesome. Another thing, my professional life, which I don't talk about very often, it has um, allowed me to see more clarity about my, my core principles, my core values, and it has essentially led me to a position where I'm going to uh, leave my profession for, I'd say, like a 35% pay increase and a much more rewarding role in a much more rewarding location and just overall like this was the right thing to do and even though i'm kind of late to the party on this um i this is the path i'm taking because it's the right thing to do and it puts me in a, in a financial position where i don't have to really worry about anything uh anymore where i didn't really worry about money i was a little more focused on it because you know the you know i do tend to focus on it but I don't want it to be my main concern. And now that this is happening, it's no longer, it's like, great, I'm in this realm now. Like, this is where I am. My status has gone up, at least in this situation. Because there's nothing worse than being a low status male, or is this, and especially a low status, highly emotional male. Um, so it was time to level up. It was time to stand by my core principles and values, and I took that approach. I took a, a, I don't know if I really even took a risk. I just put myself out there, and said I'm worth this, and it just happened. So these things are all turning over for me. And then I even had time today to go and work on my convertible and get that thing all ready to go for the springtime and just little things like that are motivational upkeep for myself to stay focused get better every day be a better person be an overall person who is undeniable in everything that they do and these are words that not really echoed by they're they've been coming from my counselor and they've been coming from my coach and these are, this is how I know that I've gotten better. And in a short period of time, we're talking, we started boxing class, therapy, uh, uh, you know, job searching, and all these other things, and, and the edibles, and a few, and all the smaller stuff that I talked about. Um, we started this back in mid-January, early to mid-January, all this stuff. And once I got locked in, everything changed. So, um, the three running three miles every Monday has been difficult, but that has actually like last Monday's was rough, but I got through it. I ran those three miles. The only two people that were in front of me were actually full blown, actual Chicago, Boston, New York marathon runners. That's why they were in front of me. They have better pace. They they're built for it. And I, I am not, I, I'm not skilled for that, but they were the only two that were in front of me and I still did it. So something else to look forward to when I run again uh, Monday. And I have a pop-up um, boxing class, kickboxing class uh, tomorrow morning. So full throttle, here we go. I'm not feeling any burnout yet. I, 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 you know, definitely could be better, but 
that's going to take time. Um, that being said, so these are all the improvements by the, these are all the improvements that I've made, um, in the past, I guess I'd say 30 days, less than 30 days. Uh, and I hope to accomplish more with the people that are around me focusing on helping me get it, get better. And that's all that really matters, uh, at this point. We'll see where that takes me. Um, so yeah, there's that. And then also I wanted to get to, so there was a couple comments about last week's uh, podcast about the some of the, the uh, things, situations that happened. And uh, story one um, basically stated no comment, they shouldn't go. Story two uh, is the one I really want to focus on because that actually has some length to it. So this is about when the wife or the ex-wife had a polyamorous lifestyle but wanted to give the gift of children, four children, to her ex-husband. Um, but she wasn't willing to give up her polyamorous lifestyle. And my response to that was either give up the lifestyle or give up trying to give your hu- your ex-husband children because I don't think he's going to want that because he obviously still loves you. At least that's your interpretation of it. The response in the comments was that the only thing the wife or ex-wife can do is support him in whatever he needs to move on from her. She can't give up that lifestyle for him or she will resent him he can't turn a blind eye without resenting her she already broke the marriage and her trying to find a middle ground to make herself uh, feel better is manipulation selfish and going to prevent both of them from moving on and finding what they are really looking for so I can understand that from the position of the guy I can't I don't know if I necessarily agree from the position of the woman because I don't that polyamorous lifestyle I is not generally speaking I don't think that's a long term lifestyle that has to end eventually um, it's it can be self destructive it's definitely destructive in a relationship so if she really wanted to obviously make some sacrifices for her husband that would be the one be one of them but I don't see it happening obviously she shouldn't I mean. The only thing that she can give him right now is just piece of uh, it's just full blown no contact, no separate, just full blown separation. You're not going to give him four children while um, while you're in a polyamorous lifestyle, even though you you're willing to pay child support and let him raise them on his own. It's like it's not going to work. It's just not going to work. And the commenter uh, uh, agrees. Uh, story three, most daycares are awful cesspools and only be worse once they go on a taxpayer's dime. But um, So if you want to go back and listen to last week's podcast, there were some comments made. Story one, story two, and story three. And you can go in. If you have um, opinions of those episodes, feel free to drop the comments um, wherever you listen to uh, podcasts. If it's on YouTube, uh, drop the comments on YouTube. If it's on Rumble, drop them on Rumble. Um, if you want to comment them directly to me you can content them directly through my uh, website and i'll get the email and i'll read them uh, out loud on the podcast so those are you know thank you for the comments keep them coming now let's jump into actually this week's episode of q a uh, by the way, if you do want to support this platform, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. And go ahead and check out the affiliate links in the description down below. That being said, let's go ahead and boom, get to this week's What's this? Get that out of there. There we go. All right. 
My daughter is a highly educated and beautiful girl. She has a great job and recently became a rich widow. My problem is she has a man living with her and my grandson. He is physically, mentally, and socially very inferior to her. She is a doctor and he does not have a college degree. In fact, he assembles bikes at Walmart. My husband, two sons, and their wives are doctors as well. His sister is a single mother and is a waitress, no high school degree, and his mother is a dental hygienist. This is not a good fit for our family, and I am afraid he is a moocher. Any advice will be very much appreciated, and yes, we do look askance at low-educated types. Okay. Um, hey, I don't have a college degree. Okay? I don't. I went to college for two and a half years. I was supposed to get my certificate in computer science, but they wouldn't give it to me because of some alcohol violation that I refused to pay for. So, fine. Am I, but am I on the verge of making what college student, what a, a, a person with a bachelor's or a master's degree is, or project management? Yeah, I, I am. I'm on that verge. I'm on the verge of doing that. Uh, that being said, I also have a portfolio which pays me dividends monthly, something you don't learn in college. So all these things are happening for me, and I don't have, and I learned none of this in college. College did nothing for me in this regard, and I don't have that debt either. I paid that off. So if you want to talk about things that are, get that out of here, are things that are irrelevant. He's not a doctor. That doesn't matter. He doesn't have a college degree. Irrelevant. Okay? There's a lot of people out there that are a lot that don't, that it's, college is not what it used to be. I get it. If you want to be a doctor, yes, you need to go to medical school. Okay? You want to be a lawyer? You need, you need to take the bar. These are these are things that do require a college education. But just because he didn't get his liberal arts degree and has $75,000 in debt doesn't mean he's inferior. Okay. Now, you mentioned that he is physically, mentally, and socially very inferior to her. Okay. Well, maybe what you're saying makes perfect sense. Maybe, maybe that's true. Maybe he does have narcissistic or sociopathic or freeloading tendencies. I understand that. I suffered from that stuff, and I was physically, mentally, and socially very inferior to whomever I was around. At least I felt that way. So I did something about it. I did something about all of it. So I don't – I'll be honest with you. I don't know what assembling bikes at Walmart pays. Um, at the end of the day, it's your daughter's decision. Okay, congratulations on her becoming a very rich widow. Maybe she'll figure this out, but it's her decision. You have to support her in her decision making. You have to respect it. You have to support it and be like, this is what you want to do. Great. And she'll figure it out on her own. And maybe this guy will step up in one way or another. Maybe he will step up and you got to give her the choice to allow that to happen. That's it. Now, I don't know what evidence you didn't state. You, you said that he's physically, mentally and socially very inferior to her. You gave me no... Um, if you're just saying that, okay, I'll have to take your word for it, but you didn't give me any evidence of that. You didn't give me any evidence that he's physically inferior. I don't even know what that means. What, does me, what do you mean physically inferior? Uh, mentally and socially very inferior. I can understand what that means, but he's 
you haven't given me any examples. You didn't give me any examples of that. So what? I take this with a grain of salt. I get it. If he, if he works on bikes at Walmart, okay, that's one thing. It, um, but I, I see that there is definitely a bias here because everybody in your family is a doctor. That's great. Congratulations. But um, I don't see any evidence. If he wants to do this thing at Walmart, okay, fine. Maybe he'll find another job. And At the end of the day, it's not your decision to make. It's You can give your opinion, and then you kind of have to leave it alone. Um, but you definitely look at people with a, um, that inferiority mindset, that's not healthy and kind of makes me wonder, that's probably why the daughter chose somebody like that. But Hey, not my relationship, not my business. It is your daughter and you need to support her. That's it. Uh, let's move on to the next one. I am at my wits end. <clears throat> with my daughter-in-law and her mother my son and dil dil oh i'm sorry daughter-in-law i'm not very great with acronyms i apologize maybe i should have went to college uh i met my wits end with my daughter-in-law and her mother my son and daughter-in-law have a new baby girl that i do not get to see very often despite living close to them her mother on the other hand lives about two hours away but seems to see them several times a week how do i know my son and daughter-in-law have an app to upload photos of the baby. They don't allow photos of the baby on Facebook and says it's too hard to text me updates. Quote, too hard, uh, which is another can of worms. When I asked my son why she gets to see the baby more than I do, he says that she comes over to do chores. Well, well I don't see photos of, of her doing chores. I see selfies of her cuddling my grandbaby. When they, have when they have deemed to invite me over, I have offered to do chores too. One time my daughter-in-law told me that I was washing the bottles incorrectly. Okay. Uh, the next time I arrived, she had a note printed of steps to take to wash the bottles taped up to the fridge like I was an idiot. Uh, look, people are very protective of their children. You, you just you have to understand that and respect it and work within their requests. There are things that can get a bit silly, but at the end of the day, if if we're talking about baby bottles, you know, there there needs to be care taken um, in general. You don't want anything to happen, so do as they ask. The other time they asked me to scoop up the kitty litter box, even though they know I'm allergic to cats. Other times I have been okay. That's understandable. I have been other times I've been over. She has pumped her breast milk right in front of me. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Once she asked me if she could take a nap with her with while my son was napping. Also, sure, just go off to your marital bed while grandma is here. This week I confronted my son in the lack of invitations. She then invited me to go to a baby music class at the community center with her and the baby instead of being invited to their home. I'm deeply offended. I'm thinking that I should confront her directly this time instead of my son, but my sister says that I should keep communicating through my son, not with her. What do you think? Okay. You need to be more supportive. It seems like you're taking this on like this is your it's like my you know, my grandchild, my this, my that. I'm offended. It's like can you give a little space? Can you offer a little support? Can you not be so judgmental? Can you actually just pump the brakes and take it down from a six to a three? You're you're not helping this situation. You're not helping these, you know, new parents 
get accustomed to their role and helping them feel comfortable about you being around. And maybe the other person, the other uh, uh, mom or grandmom is actually being more supportive and actually being more helpful and not complaining. So maybe if you tried that route and communicated as you were asked to, then this might actually go off a little easier and you might actually get to spend some time with um, with the kiddo. The, the allergic to cats thing, I understand it. The issue is, is that um, pregnant women or nursing women can't be in contact with like cats and the litter box and stuff like that because of um there's a parasite that is terrible for women when they are nursing or pregnant and you can't they can't be around it so maybe that's why they asked you and quite frankly maybe they're just exhausted and they didn't realize that you were forgot to realize that you were allergic to it which means that the husband's gonna have to step up and take care of that but that being said the other thing with the breast uh you know pumping breast milk it's like i get it but you know it's it's a normal thing, so you're just gonna have to deal with it and be supportive and be helpful. So let's um, move on to the next one. Oops, sorry, I age 45 have been dating my partner uh, age 60 for 10 years, seven of which during were which were during. Wait, hold on, let me back up. I've been dating my partner for 10 years, seven of which were during his marriage to the mother of his children. Oh, so you two were having an affair. Oh, it says right here. She discovered the affair and I moved in with him into the house he bought while they were divorcing. He has two daughters who are both adults. The older is 30 and the younger is 25. My partner's younger daughter hasn't spoken to him since shortly after divorce. Well, that makes sense, Uh, which I know hurts him deeply, deeply. Well, he was... He was with somebody else while he was married. Seven out of the ten years. Uh, I have never met her. The oldest daughter, the older daughter, is very close to her, very close to her father, and she admittedly worked very hard to develop a relationship with me. Once it was clear that her father considered his relationship with me to be long term, I was standoff. Well, it's good for her. I was standoffish in the beginning, but mostly because it felt like a bit of a trap. The divorce was very hard on her, and I expected her to be passive aggressive or rude. And also because we didn't have any interest in common. But over the last three years, we've developed a very pleasant report. This is in a part due to, I believe, to her insisting on family therapy. She told him she wouldn't continue her relationship with him unless he agreed to do this. And so he did. The therapy has been a great success. Okay. Recently, she brought over her new partner, whom I've never met, and I introduced and introduced me as her stepmom. I'm only 15 years older than she is, and I don't consider myself to be a mother of any kind. I don't like that she's, I don't like that she's casting me into this role. And when I expressed that to that my, that to my partner privately, he said that he thought it was a good thing, and meant that she was welcoming me into the family and considering me a permanent part of it. But I still don't like it. I want her to stop. But when I vented to a friend about it, she told me I should be thankful his daughter was being so welcoming. I disagree. His father, her father's choices were his. He made the decision to cheat. I wasn't a conniving seductress. How do I help my partner see it from my side? Wow. Wow. Lady. Um, there's some things here I, I don't, I don't like, and I'm going to be honest here. Like I wasn't a conniving seductress. 
you knew fully well. I'm assuming you knew fully well. Yeah, you you knew fully well that he was a married man. You knew this and you moved in for the kill anyways. Okay. He made the decision to cheat. You supported it. You were part of it. This is a two-way street. He doesn't go into the bathroom by himself and cheat on his wife. You were in there too. You're a part of this. So you are a conniving seductress. You are using some sociopathic tendencies and blaming other people. And the fact that, yeah, you should be appreciative that the you're being referred to as a stepmom by one of the daughters. At least one of them. So, what? yeah, what you've done is unacceptable. And it seems to be long-term, but you the the conniving seductress yes this isn't a cheat also yours and the welcoming part you should be welcome to it you should appreciate the fact that she's actually willing to make um space in her heart or space in her life at least for you otherwise i don't think this is gonna i think this could potentially not end well um you don't seem very appreciative uh, for things that you took place in, in creating. And um, yeah, so I'm not a fan of some of the things that you said. And maybe I'm misinterpreting them. Maybe I don't understand or maybe I'm just wrong. But if you guys have comments, um, please let me know. But I, I see error here in some of her thinking. Let's move on to the next one. I am the youngest of three siblings. Siblings. Uh, I'm in my 60s. To avoid conflicts with my older sister, Anne, I will say good idea, but will do things my way. Anyway, we live on the opposite sides of the country and don't get along. My husband and I have a good, happy marriage. Anne's marriage is not always a happy, is not always as happy, so she may be jealous. Her husband Bill and my husband have become very good friends. Last year, Bill sold a business. He believed, I believe he received a substantial amount in the sale. When I asked how much he had received, my sister said he didn't, she didn't know, but I'm sure she does know. It's none of your business, first of all. Uh, anyways, Bill confided the amount to my husband, uh, but I also asked him, but also asked him not to tell me. I really don't care how much he received. Well, then why did you ask? As their finances are their business. Then why did you ask? What bothers me is that they now have they now have my husband in the loop and are keeping a secret from me. When I asked my husband about it, he said he is respecting Bill's wishes. Okay. I feel he has driven a wedge between the four of us. This is not a, this is not the first secret Anne and Bill have kept from me. I do not discuss their lives with anybody else, so I don't get it. Am I wrong to feel this way? My relationship with Anne and Bill is no longer the same. Excuse me. We do talk, but not as often as before. When we do talk... She's always distracted and never really listens to what I say. That's your perception. Um, is it right that my husband has more respect for Bill than for me? My husband loves me and takes great care of our family. He is a good man, but this whole issue irks me. How do I move forward? Um, the sale is none of your business. The finances um, don't... Yeah, that's not any of your business. If it comes to your finances and your husband's finances, um, yeah, 
So, Whitehurst husbands keep details from the sale private from everyone, not just the Yeah, look, maybe he told a few people, but at the same time, even if he did, it's not your place to ask um, somebody else what they're making or whatnot. So, it's, it's not for you to know. It's not for you to ask, and that's simply that. And I think that this jealousy thing is... Uh, I, mean, I mean, you seem like you're kind of jealous now because they aren't telling you something. What, what do you care? Wh please explain to me. Somebody, please explain to me how this factors into your healthy relationship with your husband and your family. But as the way I see it, it doesn't matter in any way, shape, or form. So why don't you just move forward ignore it because it's no big deal and it doesn't change your life in any way it doesn't how does this improve your life by dwelling on it why don't you just leave it alone let's move on to the next one mm -mm. Oh, sorry thirsty today um okay I work on a small team that has daily meetings at 10 a.m., usually lasting 30 to 60 minutes. I personally don't think daily meetings are even necessary, but they are my boss's way of keeping up with our work, and he rarely meets with any of us uh, individually, and he likes for us to know what everyone else is working on. My boss's work is his life, so he frequently will work in the evenings and on the weekends. He recently said about Thanksgiving, it's another day for me to get some work done. As you can imagine, he has built up uh, a lot of unused vacation leave. And despite our organization's generous carryover policy, he was going to start losing hours. His solution was a two-month trip to Asia. Whoa. The problem is, even though he is going to be using leave, he's planning to keep the work working, in t working the entire time and attending our regular meetings. Uh, regular meeting time would be in the middle of the night for him. So he proposed that the times that had the best overlap between time zones, early morning, 7 a.m., or evening, 5 to 9. I typically work 8.30 to 5 and have a fairly rigid schedule outside that with daycare drop-offs or toddler take care. Yep, okay, that makes sense. And regular evening activities. I responded with the following. I can make the occasional meeting outside of regular working hours, but with my schedule and child care responsibilities, I can't regularly do so. Okay. His suggestions was that he attends two meetings a week, one early morning and one evening, and we meet at the regular time the other days and write up a summary to send to him. While I could make this work most of the time, it will be a real burden. It would be one thing if my boss was on a business travel or if he was just a week or two, but he's on a two-month vacation leave. Apparently not. I feel like I shouldn't have to accommodate his travel on principle. Ha, ba, 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 ba. While I probably could make... Blah, 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 okay, how much should I push back on this? I can't force him to not work on his leave, but his choice to keep participating in our meetings is putting me in an awkward position. I can probably opt out... Huh. I can probably opt out when it is um, especially inconvenient, but I will feel bad about it. When do I make it to the meetings? I will feel angry that I will have to be there, guilty about the extra burden it puts on my husband. Is there any way... He to say he can't do this while on leave. Um, I mean, if he's on vacation, he should be on vacation and just allow the business to run as it is. Um, he shouldn't be burdening his employees to have to work, um, you know, extra hours unless they plan on paying him 
paying them and these people do have lives and especially if they have childcare. look if they can't do the meetings i understand they can't do the meetings maybe just send some notes send some emails back and forth there's got to be other ways to push this dialogue along um i get it's a two-month vacation but i mean i'm sure your employees can bend a little bit while he's away but let's not make this uh more ridiculous than it needs to be Go on your vacation, send your emails back and forth, call during regular business hours. There's many ways to go about this. It doesn't have to be as early as 7 a.m. or 9 o'clock at night. Let's kind of figure this out, please. And if he wants to meet at night, then okay, I would entertain that. So, uh, yeah, so there you, let's do one more. Um, I hope you can explain why so many people do not return business calls, texts, or emails. For example, over a number of years, I've emailed questions to a nationally known nonprofit about their televised programs. Uh, not once did I get an answer. My son, a professional musician who performs internationally, has contacted volunteers and paid staff at numerous organizations about performing at their venues, only to get no response. What boggles me is that my son and other people, uh, they probably don't respond to be quite philanthropic. What? What boggles? Why did I read that wrong? What boggles me is that my son and other people they probably don't respond to could be quite philanthropists who could generously donate to their organization. Or they might know people who would donate, publicize, and otherwise do good things to their organizations. I would be leery about donating to places that don't have the common sense or courtesy to respond. In my opinion, that rudeness or indifference reflects badly on them and their organization. Uh, seems like business life 101. Um... I mean, it's, yeah, it's true. I get it. And when it comes to nonprofits, anybody can be a really, when you think about it, anybody can be a nonprofit as long as you file a certain way. I, you know, so not responding to donors or people who work for you or just they people have questions about the organization. Oh, absolutely is bad PR. It's absolutely a bad way to go. If people have questions or requests of your organization, you should absolutely be reaching out to these people saying, thank you for your concern, blah, 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 here's what we're doing, this, that, and the other thing, what other concerns do you have, how can we help, this is that. And if you're not doing that, you're a bad organization. If you're not responding in a, in a certain period of time, you're a bad organization, okay? If you have a contact page and you're not contacting people back who contact you, you're a bad organization. You know, this ain't rocket science. Anyways, we are at 30, almost 34 minutes. Let's go ahead and close up shop for this week. Uh, I'm glad I got to talk about my updates, uh, respond to some comments, and, uh, read some comments, and do a full week of a uh, full thing of Q&A. So if you have any questions, concerns, or comments, go ahead and hit me at my website, positivesarcasm.com. Check out the affiliate links for everything down below. I truly, truly recommend it. Uh, and I'm not sponsored by any of them. I do get kickbacks, of course, if you sign up for these uh, stock trading platforms. Um, but at the end of the day, you also win too. It's 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 a win-win. Um, go ahead and check out those podcasts, those podcast links uh, down below. If you have any questions, concerns, or comments, you can hit me up on my website. You can hit me up on Instagram at underscore positive underscore sarcasm. Download and stream anywhere, including Rumble back on YouTube. So Rumble uh, at positive sarcasm and YouTube's positive sarcasm podcast uh, and audio version anywhere where podcasts are available, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podcast Addict, uh, 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 Substack, um, Spotify. Did I say Spotify? I probably did. And of course, you can download it and stream it directly from my website, positivesarcasm.com. So, um, in the meantime, 
thank you for listening, watching, and subscribing. And I will talk to you all next week. Cool? Great. Awesome. I appreciate you. Um, thank you to all the new subscribers as well. Thank you for listening, watching. And I will talk to you all in the next episode. Recorded here from the Spare Parts Studio, this has been a Positive Sarcasm presentation.